Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Latest Shiny. In uh, This, I think, should be called the It Snows in Denver episode. Uh, we are recording it the day after uh, yet another snowfall in Denver, um, which takes me all the way back two weeks ago, three weeks ago, to the Open Infrastructure Summit, um, where Ben Silverman and I had some amazing conversations uh, that we wanted to bring to you. Uh, partially, it's a retrospective on what the summit was like, but also, um, you know, sort of, of I think what what we both discussed in depth about what what we want to see going on in, in our community. Uh, ben Silverman is the chief cloud officer. Uh, I think he says that tongue in cheek at Cincinnati Bell Telecom and Service Provider Division. Um, ben, you want to give us a little bit of background before we jump into it? Absolutely, Rob. Thank you. Um... My background's, you know, always been in in systems, whether it's been system administration, system engineering. I uh, I started my career off early as a contractor, as a consultant, uh, and then quickly progressed through uh, larger contracts in the private and the public sector. Worked for the Defense Department for a while, and then um, eventually took a, a position with American Express, which I was there for about 12 years. During that tenure. Um, one of the projects, the last project I was involved in, was building an OpenStack cloud uh, for for American Express, uh, and that was back in 2013 uh, when OpenStack was still in its uh, crawl and drool phase. Um, so, uh, you know, today it's uh, <laughs> today it's a little different. I, I like that because that also comes with diapers that you have to change and things like that. So. Yes, 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 and there was a lot of diaper changes back then, uh, for both for the technology and for myself uh, in late night uh, <laughs> troubleshooting <laughs> sessions uh, because we actually put it in, put in production. Oh, I don't need that visual. Yeah, uh, but. Um, uh, from there, uh, I went off to Mirantis as a senior system architect and uh, helped you know, put Mirantis OpenStack in a lot of the uh, telcos and service providers and you know, Fortune 50 uh, companies that are out there uh, and learned a whole lot by doing that. Uh, you know, a number of years ago, um, I switched occupations and, and went from Mirantis to a company called Onyx, which was a multi-service provider uh, that was starting up a cloud business, doing cloud services for large telcos um, and service providers. And they were really focusing uh, on OpenStack because so many telcos and service providers were, were entering that that type of technology. Um, and I've been there since, since then, and we've been recently uh, acquired by Cincinnati Bell. Um, more specifically, Cincinnati Bell Technology Services. Um, so, um, as I said, I would my my title is Chief Cloud Officer, but I'm Chief Cloud Architect. I'm I'm, I'm Chief Janitor, Chief Cloud DevOps, Agile, you name it. Uh, I I tend to somehow get my pudgy little fingers and everything. Nothing like an acquisition to uh, help people find where, where everything, every all the bodies are buried. Exactly, so. exactly. Ah, boy, OpenStack can generate a lot of thunder and lightning um, in our conversations, and I, I think that that you and I both have deep, deep roots in this this community uh, and a vision for what you know, sort of open infrastructure could be or should be do you, i mean i'd like to start there because i i do want to i do want to be honest about what we saw but at the same time i think you and i are full of hope for what the community 
could be or what what the industry needs the community to be. Do you want to sort of frame out that that your vision of what that is? Sure, sure. I mean, it, you know, and and you know, I don't want to again, I don't want to start off on a negative tone, but you know, as I said during the summit, um, this last uh, open infrastructure summit, it felt to me um, like a sick friend was in the hospital and you were going to visit them, and it was at that turning point. Uh, whether you know, are they getting the treatment that they deserve, the treatment that they need to live a long and productive, healthy life, or are we at the point now where we have to come to terms with the doctor and say, you know, is he ever going to get better? Is it just going to be like this or worse, um, you know, going forward? And it and it it makes me sad. Uh, you and I have both been in this community for many, many, many years, and I don't think we're at a point where you know, we have to bring in the, the priest and declare this thing terminal. But the direction that I see uh, these conferences going uh, tends to tends to make me kind of scratch my head. What I, you know, what I like to see and what I really enjoyed years ago was the the conferences were being led by technical innovators, by people who had, were full of hope and full of ideas and full of, um, uh, just really just just full of of energy for an open infrastructure platform. So, you know, as time went on and the hype factor went on and, and OpenStack became more shiny, those folks were then separated or told not to come to the to the summit, to come to the uh, project teams gathering uh, or the mid cycle meetups that were outside the event and it had been carried on that way and. And in the vacuum that they left came the vendors and the sales folks and the tire kickers and the people who were just checking out what all the hype was about. But I think as that vac as that as as that whole shiny object mantra kind of went to something else, that left a vacuum and we got more back to the core folks who uh, were part of it in the beginning or who were really diehards for OpenStack um, left at the summits. But we still had the PTG, which are where all the where all the people that talk about very interesting and innovative things happen. Those folks are now kind of separated. So either they have to go to the summit and the PTG, or they go to the summit expecting some of that to still be there, and it's just it's just not. Right, and, and I mean, I was I was an advocate for the PTG separation um, back because I was watching the mid cycles drive. You know, we were doing mid cycles in a hundred locations and a lot of times people were getting mid-cycle fatigue um so it's there, there's a lot of balances for how you bring people together and and keep it going um and unfortunately there's no right answer so it's you push down on one side you, you something else comes up the interesting thing to me about one of your comments though is that um it feels like there's a degree and open always had this a degree of I want free software. So you're a user and you're like, oh, I just want to, you know, I, don't, I want the free software. I don't want to buy it from anybody. And then there's a degree of, I want open platforms so I can collaborate and build on top of them um, without having to get permission from a vendor to add a feature. And those are actually very different use cases. Do you feel like one is like, you know, if we lost this collaborative, you know, aspect of the open source in favor of, People, you know, showing up because they want free, free or cheap software. 
Well, you know, I, I've, I've always run into that, uh, especially with some of the mid-market clients and some of the smaller enterprise where they say, we're going to run OpenStack. And I said, oh, fantastic. Are you looking at a distribution? They say, no, we're going to do it ourselves, but we'd like support. And, you know, it's like, I'm sorry. Uh, could you say that again? It's like, no, we're going to download um, from Trunk and we're going to install it ourselves, but we'd like someone to support it when it doesn't go right. And I said, well, I think we have a dichotomy here. Open, you know, free and open source software. Yes, free and open source software, but it's not free and open source support. There is no organization out there that, you know, that it's, is put together that will offer you support and, um, you know, patching and all the, all the different things that you get from a distribution. Um, that is a different animal. So, yes, I, you know, I think you're right. I think the people that come to the OpenStack, they hear how great it is, how it's, you know, very stable nowadays, how it's easier to install. All the old FUD around OpenStack has pretty much been put to rest. And yet, you know, people, I think, I don't think they expect, I think they expect more from the free software. Um, and but then when they're told that a lot of the things that they're looking for is in a distribution, they get turned off by, you know, you know what they claim, you know, what they say is vendor lock in or high support prices, and things like that. You know, in, in some cases, they're right, but th there is no. <laughs> there is no free software. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. No, exactly. All right, all right. Sorry, everybody. I know I'm going to shatter your worldview. There is no free software. It's you're paying for it one way or another, um, whether it's your personal data being sold or, you know, or you're, you're, you're actually going to buy some hardware with the software licenses built into it, or you're actually going to pay the licenses. You, you, you need to get over it. That, that to me is one of my, my, my pet peeves with the OpenStack uh, community from that perspective is that they, they, they had a tendency, and I don't think this has changed, to say vendors are bad. Um, they're, they're trying to take advantage of, of our free software. Um, and the extent that you send that message out, I, you, you basically do what, what I think we're starting to see, which is you're having vendors who are like, I'm not, there's nothing for me in this community. Um, meaning there's no revenue in this community for me. So how many, I mean, how many vendors were, did you see on the floor? You know, I, I don't, again, I didn't count them. But I wouldn't say more than fifteen. Um, but I had to. And they were their, they were your, your usual suspects, right? Those who have distributions, those who have uh, vested interests in OpenStack and maybe have been around since, uh, you know, since you know near creation. Those have, have created specific products for OpenStack, and then those large organizations that have a, a direct vested interest in those enterprises who have already. Uh, spent millions uh, getting OpenStack to work, and they're looking to just to maximize uh, their investment. You know, the vendors looking to maximize their investment in other customers by adding on additional customers to replicate what they've already done elsewhere. Uh, so just to kind of capitalize on the work they've already done. But the days of walking onto the floor, uh, the show on the onto the vendor floor, and you know, walking out with you know, four bags of, uh, of swag like you would do at, <laughs> at you know, reInvent um, or now, you know, something like KubeCon, um, those days are long over. These, 
these people were there to talk business. And, you know, if you came up looking for a USB drive or a fidget spinner, um, you know, they were getting visibly annoyed, like, hey, no, this is this is ah. a different day and time. <laughs> your your measure is so, is so different than mine. But <laughs> yeah, that, is, that is definitely true. I, I guess I was looking, there's, there's still a lot of vendors who are selling you OpenStack um, at, right, the, the sort of the classic, we will sell you OpenStack. The, the, there are very few people who are selling you things on top of OpenStack or adjacent to OpenStack at this point. Um, so the ecosystem, the broader ecosystem, hasn't hasn't matured the way I know I was hoping when we were on the board of of you have a you know a platform that then drives a whole bunch of new stuff unless it happens to be Kubernetes and then it it basically feels like OpenStack is you know being positioned as a Kubernetes underlay with a huge accept that we should we should maybe I'm teeing this up the right way because you talked about installers I don't think the installer wars are over at all because they basically sunsetted you know or downplayed all the other installers to introduce a brand new one um, do you want to talk about airship a little bit um, yeah. I mean Air, airship is is again is, is something that was kind of born out of I believe out of necessity um, and then garnered a lot of support through one major telco. Um, and you know, once that telco adopted it and, you know, let's not mince words here, AT&T, once AT&T adopted it, they are, uh, they are a telco that is, you know, we're, if it's not born here, we're not using it. Um, they love to write their own stuff. Um, they love to create. Um, and, once they get on that path, you, you, you can see that in some of the other uh, organizations they've joined, some of the, the, the boards that they've been a, a part of, uh, they stick to it. I mean, they stick to their guns. I'm, I'm, watching, I'm watching them do that in the LF Edge, where they are very vocal about Edge, some of the Edge, edge work they're doing. But at the same time, I, I think that you are overstating um, how much airship is actually in production real workloads um yeah well, right? it's, it's not you're, you're right you're right it's not i mean it's a lot of i mean we we have to be real we have to be pragmatic here and we have to look at a lot of this stuff um you know airship this is atn's beginning to at is beginning to use it just like at the beginning when they started using helm and they were a very big backer of helm um now that you, is you, do, we we should we should stop and actually define you want to define airship briefly for the listeners who are like what where did they rob throughout this weird term or are they talking about blimps and balloons or <laughs> airship's just basically the the uh, installer du jour um, of uh, of OpenStack um, you know we've gone through a lot of well, I don't know, successful, unsuccessful installers over the years. Um, <laughs> I would say since none of them have really stuck, <laughs> there's no success if they have the installer de, de, de jour. Yeah. Um, so, so, I mean, this is the, it's, it's just a collection of, you know, open source tools um, that, that automate you know, cloud provisioning. Um, and, you know, it, it's a, go ahead. And I would add, right, in this case, it's it's a install Kubernetes, install OpenStack using very specialized Helm charts, 
right? So it's this sort of idea of Kubernetes is my underlay, and then that that opens up into another topic that we'll get to in a, in a minute um, about about bare metal um, automation. But how, so so that's Air, Airship is sort of this new. Uh, I'm not a I'm not a big fan. Um, just because it, it feels very complex and to me operational. If, if OpenStack wants to be operationally successful, it needs to reduce complexity. This goes back to your, um, you know, hey, OpenStack, it's time for you to give up cigarettes and, and start jogging. Um, cigarettes, in this case, is complexity. <laughs> and uh, that they, they're addicted. They can't, they can't reduce it. They can't reduce complexity. Right. Well, I mean, I thought it was funny that that airship first came out. Um, you know, it, it it was written, you know, for Kubernetes, Kubernetes for container orchestration. But then it came out with Maz for bare metal, and and then said, well, we're going, we're we're looking at supporting Ironic, and it was like, wait a minute, um, that seems awful backwards to me. Uh, shouldn't you have done it with Ironic first, and then had support for Maz? Are you saying that there were things in Ironic that maybe couldn't meet the requirements for this new installer, and you're going to kind of backport some of the features that you're missing in the already project that you already are are promoting? Because we saw a ton of OpenStack Ironic at the show. They they, they actually made an announcement about it being being a, a bare metal program um, where they're trying to push ironic into a couple another you know into um more kubernetes use cases but ironic and maz are different they have different apis with different sensibilities they they operate in pretty fundamentally different ways maz was picked because the team that built airship originally liked maz and so they 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 integrated it deeply into that platform um and when i say deeply it's that there's it's deeply in there, um, and so there's Ansible stuff in there too. And there's a whole you know there's a GoLang templating that generates all the Helm charts out of the inventory. It's I don't I, I could do a whole show on on maybe I should just do a, a show on my concerns about Airship, but that wouldn't be fair. Um, but you look at the beginning of OpenStack, right? And we said, oh, this thing's all written in Python, uh, except for Horizon. There, there's some you know there's some other languages in there and then oh wait a minute there's some go that we're throwing in there and all of a sudden it's like well you know i want to customize this but i need to know multiple languages in order to to get this all done and and that was in the early days and people were going crazy about that saying you know why do we have all these you know languages and and there were there were others that wanted to rewrite the code for openstack and go um that's, that was that was the whole that was a thing for a while I, and well, and there's still Swift still does actually have some components finally that have made it into Go. I mean, but the, the, the fallacy with, with this, this idea, and maybe this comes back to the heart of OpenStack, is the idea that you're going to have developers who are portable across different parts of the platform. And this is, there, there's a, a clear architectural argument. I want my language skills to be portable on any component I work in. Which to me misses something really important that we're we're talking we're, we're talking around, which is the domain expertise that you're working in is much more significant than the language that you coded in and the the quality of the APIs you build. And if you're using Python as a substitute for quality APIs and inter inter, inter integration points, 
then I think that that you're not you're 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 not building the product in the in the right way, right? It, you're you're back now. You're back to adding. In my mind, you're adding complexity in order to have a language pure. Right, right, and and taking you know external projects, you know things that were started on Maths, which you know I I have no problem with Maths. I think it's an excellent product. But the point is, is is you already had Ironic, and uh, all of a sudden you're promoting this particular project that sure it provisions OpenStack but uses a completely different bare metal provisioning system uh, and saying you know our project that we wrote that is fully integrated that was fully developed uh, in inside of of the OSF will eventually get support for it seems kind of um, I don't know kind of disgenuine uh. to me you but know, this is this to me is the actual uh, now we're now we're down in philosoph philosophy about OpenStack. But one of the problems with OpenStack is this tendency to say I have the way to do X or the data to do do Y. I mean the the fact that OpenStack has to have has the bare metal uh, installer, ironic, and and in all full disclosure, right? You know what Racken does is we have a project called Digital Rebar that provisions bare metal. So I consider ironic competitive. To the extent that, right, we both do bare metal, um, and so OpenStack itself is—it's a problem when you have to draw battle lines. When we're like, oh, Airship is not as good a thing because it used Maz, which is also an open source bare metal infrastructure, um, you know. And we're now you're trying to convert it to use the OpenStack version, which is a couple years behind. Um, uh, you know, it's we're 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 handicapping the the projects away from the utility that we wanna that that we want to accomplish, which is we want people to be able to run data centers in more productive ways. You know, now I'm now I'm fully on my soapbox, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I knew I could get you there if I just tried just tried hard. Wasn't that hard? <laughs> but I think too, we talk about cross community collaboration as well. Uh, that was a big theme uh, at this summit. So at the Open Infrastructure Summit. So, you know, we have the CNCF kind of making, you know, not so nice comments uh, about the, uh, you know, about OpenStack. Um, and then, of course, that leads to, you know, a, uh, you know, a snap, uh, a snapback, right? Uh, saying, you know, you don't understand our platform. You, you're talking about things that were many, many years ago the FUD that was, was circulated and, you know, your ignorance about the, the, the project then, you know, leads you to believe these certain things. And, and I, I, I find it hard to believe that, that, you know, those people are ignorant about the project. I just think that um, there's this sense of competition, right, between not only in different layers, right, between Kubernetes. Well, I mean, there, and, open, and was, open the OpenStack has fully embraced Kubernetes, right? I mean, if it's using it as an underlay, then if if airship becomes the next installer um then kubernetes is essential to running openstack but there's it's not reflective right openstack is not essential to running kubernetes so um you know this and i don't but i at the same time i don't as much as there's clear love for kubernetes and acknowledgement of its importance i don't feel like openstack is at the same time 
fully adjusted into a Kubernetes world. They're not becoming a Kubernetes workload. They're not really talking about containerizing the services. Um, that that work, unless you saw a piece on the agenda that I didn't see, was is still a miss is still a gap. No, I, I agree. I agree. I mean, it hasn't um, you know run to embrace it um, fully, but you know there are distributions that are are more forward than others. But at the same time, you know, I think I think the OSF's point, you know, when the when the clapbacks were happening about, you know, yes, great Kubernetes, you are you know, your use cases are clearly defined and, you, you know, you have, you know, you have use in uh, a lot of different uh, areas, but OpenStack does VMs, containers, and bare metal. And you can run Kubernetes on OpenStack or use OpenStack to provision Kubernetes on bare metal. Um, and I think that that's the, that's the, point that the OSF wants to point out is the flexibility of OpenStack that we're not really, we're, we're kind of like frenemies um, because it is not really anything that I think that the, the CNCF or the OSF has done, but I think it's the general uh, uninformed consensus out there like, oh, Kubernetes competes with OpenStack and it's, you know, why run OpenStack if you can just run containers and you can run containers under Kubernetes control, you don't need OpenStack. And I always ask people, this is fine. This is great. You know, bare metal for, for containers and Kubernetes. Great. How are you going to manage your, your infrastructure? How are you going to get, how are you going to do that? And especially in the enterprise, I always say to them, well, great, you have these cloud-native microservices that you're writing and you're putting them in, and maybe you have, uh, for example, you know, VNFs or uh, vendor COTS applications that are written in cloud-native, but what about everything else that's VMs or database workloads that you have to put in bare metal? How are you doing that? How are you going to manage all of that with Kubernetes? And usually I just get kind of a blank stare across the table like, uh uh, and then some some engineer at the other end of the table said, "Well, using Ansible and Cobbler and Puppet and Chef and uh, you know this and that and, and that's you know and we can do it." You know, and I say to them, so, "Sounds like you're trying to create an infrastructure manager." I just happen to know that one that that does all three: bare metal containers and VMs. Uh, I I when I look at what we're talking about with OpenStack at at that summit. It doesn't feel to me like we're talking about really operating data centers. We're talking about OpenStack. And this, this to me is, has been the, the thing I wanted to, I wanted to see with the open infrastructure twist that the community isn't ready for, doesn't want to do, which is let's really talk about the operational concerns of how to run a data center and fix that without, without saying, Oh, Ironic is the right answer if it's bare metal, la la la, everything else. Um, which, which, you know, cause I, I sat in on the edge pieces and I watch a lot of the open, the OpenStack edge stuff. And, and that also is a, is one of the things that you see with that. It's sort of like, oh, we have a, an edge use case where we have to do, you know, federated site management. And then the answer becomes, well, Keystone, blah, 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 blah. Like, okay, wait, wait, wait a second. It's not the, right, the, the only tools in our toolbox shouldn't be OpenStack. 
or maybe they, I mean, this, how do you, how do we solve this problem, right? Because OpenStack, if you're at the OpenStack Summit, the only tools in your toolbox seem to be OpenStack, but that's not open infrastructure. That's OpenStack, right? And and that's what I expected more of. When we go, we talk open infrastructure. I expected more inclusion of 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 other projects. You know, maybe if it's not the CNCF, maybe it's um, you know um, ORAN or VRAN or some other of these these other projects that are out there that are in the open infrastructure realms um, that we were bringing in. But it just seems like you know open infrastructure was kind of the OSF's way of expanding it to Kata containers and, and airship and some of these other projects that they're working on. Um, not so much uh, kind of a community, uh, a multi-community uh, celebration. Uh, it, and when I, when I go back to the, the bad blood, you know, with between CNCF and OpenStack, and, and maybe that's an exaggeration, so I, I shouldn't, but you're, you know, the, 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 the snapback, I like the way you're describing it. Some of it comes from when Kubernetes and Docker first showed up in the OpenStack, you know, foundation. They were not treated warmly. Um, they were, you know, they were, they were, you know, they were the wrong tech, the wrong stack. They weren't the right stuff. Um, and that's it's a cultural challenge to doing open infrastructure. For this, this is the dilemma to me. I would love to see a place where we could talk about you know, open, open, you know, com using commodity infrastructure in common shared ways, figure out what the problems are and solve them together. Um, and I, I don't, you know, even, even in the OpenStack installer, you know, adding Airship, did, we did nothing to discuss how to make OpenStack more operable in that conversation. We keep expecting somebody to solve it for us from a, project perspective. Yeah, I mean, you get projects that are out there that do, um, you know, some of the chargeback, they do some of the, the monitoring and, you know, you know Cloud Kitty, Vitridge, some of these different ones that are out there. Um, but, you know, and they have their operator meetups and their op sessions, but there hasn't been uh, anything inside the OSF, any leadership to say, okay, we have a, a, you know, a big special interest group or a big sort of push where we're going to have documentation created on how to operate OpenStack. Uh, they, they have done it. They have done it. it. It ends up either becoming vendored because of your install choice. Um, and I, I don't, I mean, if, if people are like, ah, um, I, I don't have a, a simple answer for this. It takes a lot of leadership and discipline to come back and say, Yes, we're going to have vendor distros, and they're going to have their own install pieces, and we're going to figure out how to do shared common practices and fix things. Um, I, we can't, you know, I've, I've watched every, you know, every other release cycle. Uh, there's a new install process that's supposed to fix whatever the issues are instead of just fixing some of these issues. Um, Right, Cola was the one a couple of releases back that was super excited. Triple O is still sort of banging around and gone through massive rewrites under the same name um, every couple of releases. Um, it's, it's sort of an interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, the ops guide was written, and the ops guide is out there, but um, I, I just don't see. You're you're right. I mean, 
I find a lot of customers, we can get them OpenStack installed. We can get it engineered and architected to, to provide all the, all the facilities and requirements that they need. But it's day two is when they start getting in trouble. How do I operate it? How do I do governance? How do I do security? How do I do upgrades? And I, and I know that was a big push for the OSF for the longest time, right? Which led to the fast forward upgrades, which <clears throat> I won't get into the technical aspects of that on and some of these platforms, um, usually, you know, especially around triple O, but, but the, you know, they heard it, they made some improvements, but I have yet to see uh, a major emphasis on day two. And I think that needed to happen a couple of years ago when when the the platform became so much more stable uh, we weren't seeing a lot of problems with you know runtime in openstack we weren't seeing problems with the core the core services that we that we once saw um, we weren't seeing um, a ton ton of dead bodies I used to say a ton of dead clowns under the big tent right um, <laughs> that was uh, that started to be taken care of then it was time to say all right we realize people are running this in production what is what is the next big hurdle well running it actually like getting it in production and running it in production are two different things <laughs> very very different thing that's right so i know we wanted to talk about edge so let's why don't we why don't so we I, what, what i'm going to suggest is we should we're, we're going to that's its own topic i don't want to rush it so okay good i i think i think you and i um reflected i'm going to ask you for a, like a, a you know, what was your summary um, just to close out the OpenStack piece? And then we're going to schedule to get Ben back in on edge specific topics because he and I went like two hours on edge and, you know, and I'm like, preach brother, you got it. And at times I'm like, Oh, I never thought about it that way. That's crazy. Um, and I love those conversations. So we definitely need you on to talk about edge also. Um, but uh, this was the, the you know, I, I think you and I've been, you know, balanced on this. You know, you're 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 definitely on the OpenStack is alive and there's something there um, camp. And I think that's good. I, I want us to figure out, you know, how to build build a community here. What's what's your what's your final takeaway? Well, I, I had there, I would be remiss if I didn't complain about one other thing. Bring the paid lunches back, bringing the community lunches back. I, I have such a great time at those lunches going from table to table, talking to people about what their experience with OpenStack is and about the summit and what are you missing. Literally, I'm going to give everybody a secret. My talks for the upcoming summits are based on the G2 I get at those tables. What do you think the summit didn't have? What do you what do you think it needs? What would you like to hear or what would you have liked to hear this year? And typically when they tell me, uh, that's where I plan my next my next talks. So by taking the communal lunches away um, and I don't care if you don't have a sponsor for socks anymore. Like, keep the socks. I got plenty of socks, but I need the lunches to come back. So, <laughs> just just as a clip, they instead of a conference T-shirt, they had a sponsored sock as the as the giveaway when you walked in. Uh, yeah, um, it's it's definitely not the show that it was. They're, they they didn't have the. I would they could they could be in a much smaller venue, um, and and save some money from that perspective. Um, and I think they're going to have to figure out, you know, what what vendors are going to be excited to show up 
and what type of, of you know, I, I agree with you, Ben. I, I want us to have excited operators. I mean, and I, I love operators. I love developers too, but I really love operators. I would like to see really excited operators at this event, um, you know, laying out their challenges and frustrations and, and you're right, the lunches and keeping people on, in the venue um, does help, you know, sort of promote that, that esprit de corps. So again, my, my wrap is, you know, I, I still, you know, I still have, there's, there's plenty of OpenStack available out there. I, I mean, I get calls every day. I'm visiting customers every day that are, that want to run OpenStack. Uh, there were tons of new people at the, at the summit. So um, it, it is far from being, um, you know, on life support. That is definitely for sure. I think in certain areas, it's growing like wildfire. Um, obviously in the APAC regions, it's very popular. Um, and in certain business sectors, you know, telco and some of the, ones that we know about, but, you know, I, I've run into people that were in broadcasting. I've run into people that are uh, kind of in different, um, different use cases that I never even thought of. And I think this is great. I think uh, the takeaway from the, 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 the conference was this is a whole different world now uh, and we need to figure out how to get our arms around it, rally the kind of rally the troops um, and then continue to welcome new people into it. And, show the value of OpenStack, um, including Kubernetes, including Docker, including the newest shiny objects that are out there that can be part of this community and we can be part of their communities. Because there's, you know, as, as Mark Shuttleworth said, what's the difference between two vendors duking it out in a community or two different communities duking it out? Nobody wins. This is a no-win situation, right? So let's you know, I don't want to be kumbaya Ben, but let's let's all kind of let's let's cross let's cross pollinate, let's cross innovate, let's make sure that everything works together. And I think it's just an advantage for everyone. Well said, Ben. Thank you. This has been a great conversation. Thank you, Rob. I appreciate you having me on, and I look forward to coming back and talking about uh, you know topics, you know, with edge topics.